Hello and welcome to Old Guard New Blood, episode 20 with Majestic. Today's uh, episode is all about um, SEO, Shopify SEO, and Shopify in general, and how to uh, make your Shopify sites work better. Um, thank you very much for coming along. Thank you very much for listening in. Uh, let's uh, let's meet the guests. Let's start with uh, head head of SEO at, at, at Shopify, Kevin Indig. How are you? Tell us. Um, How's Shopify doing? Uh, I think we're doing okay. I think we're doing okay. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I'm actually joining you from the lovely city of Hamburg in Germany. Uh, I'm here on vacation and I am the first hotel that I ever have seen with a podcast recording studio right now. So uh, I hope the audio is coming through loud and clear. <laughs> You've got soundproofing on the back of the uh, back of the set which at a hotel. That's awesome. Amazing. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. Dominica, Tracy, how are you? Tell us about yourself. Hi. Where do you come from? Uh, well, I come from a long way away, but I currently live in uh, Weybridge, which is Surrey, near London. Uh, and I work from home, which is the best. As we're all doing, really, you know, yeah. apart from Kevin, who's, uh, you know, traveling yeah. around the world still, you know. Uh, thank you very much for coming along. And Aaron, uh, Aaron Dorf, uh, where do you come from? I'm hailing from Portland, Oregon. I am not Canadian. Uh, I, I believe I represent the old guard here. Well, I, uh, you know, it's it's you and me on old guard and Kevin yes. and Dominique. So thank you for, for volunteering the old guard. So <laughs> this is the youngest, youngest set of panelists I've had combined. I'm just guessing. I know I'm not I'm not up for uh, actually, um, you know, asking everybody. But uh, I, I feel that I feel that. Um, you know, I've got a, a very young group here compared to, you know, 56-year-old Dixon, you know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're nowhere near me, really. So, And I'm pretty sure 20 years ago, neither none of you were sitting around in SEO. So uh, so, uh, so, I'm, I'm put, uh, thanks for volunteering on the old guard there, Aaron. I, I do oh, absolutely. I'm former Shopify. So you when go. you asked how Shopify doing, uh, that was sort of the joke around our parts. Was, uh, I was Okay. Well, yeah. you know, in that case, that, that makes you old guard Shopify by, by default then, really. That's uh, so. what I'm going for. Exactly. We're good. We're there. Right. Got it sorted. So right. So uh, before we jump into the show, uh, I'd, uh, I'd like to bring in my producer, David, because usually I forget something at the start of these things. David, how are you? Very well. Thanks. Um, how are you, Dixon? Yeah, I'm doing very, very well. So have I missed everything, anything out? No, not at all. We're broadcasting live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. We did have a little glitch um, towards the start of our Facebook, actually, but um, we've um, relaunched that and we're broadcasting live there as well. So if anyone's watching live and you've got questions about Spotify SEO, please make sure you ask them in the chat and we'll try and feature your question during the discussion as well. Uh, and remember, of course, if you're listening to the replay on Spotify, not Shopify, on Spotify, <laughs> on Google Podcasts, um, on Apple Podcasts, um, then Sign up at majestic.com slash webinars and watch a future episode live. Okay, brilliant. So, guys, I want to start with one thing. Uh, you know, if people haven't got time to stay for the uh, for the, uh, the the whole of the show, uh, what, what one thing? Oh, before I should jump in, I should say thank you, Majestic, for putting this on. I couldn't work do without this. You know, without you guys doing the whole thing uh, and uh, helping me get through this every month, uh, I, it, it wouldn't be possible. But, guys, I want to jump in and say uh, what what is the one thing that people could take away from this show that would improve their, their Shopify life if they had uh, only, you know, two minutes to uh, to get an opinion back. And I'll jump in with you, Kevin, because you're bound to know something straight off the bat. Um, and, uh, you know, what would you go for? 
Of course. I think my, my number one tip would be to fatten up the content on your product pages. Um, category pages are important. The blog is important. But if I had to choose one thing, I would really invest in helpful content on product pages that is something like a representation of somebody who would consult you or advise you in a shop. You know, imagine you're going to a fashion clothing store, uh, you know, not on the internet, but in the, the real world, uh, and somebody, you know, helps you find the right product or helps you with the right size. That's a job that great content can at least to a certain degree fill. So you want to think about all the questions that people have and put them on product pages and individualize these questions. Uh, you want to think about uh, reviews from people. You want to think about product pictures, videos, you know, all that good stuff. So I'm going with product page content. Okay, great. Aaron, do you want to uh, come in with something here? Absolutely. I have been on a mission for years to kill SEO cannibals, uh, pages that Google is confused about as to which page, specific URL on your site should rank for a specific key term. So pick your top five, 10 keyword terms, open up an incognito Google window, enter site colon your domain.com, and then do a search for each one of those 10 phrases. And as much as you possibly can, this is especially for e-commerce sites where there's often um, high turnover in product pages and just not a lot of attention to 301-ing all of those old product pages to direct them to the new one. Or even if you've got something like different versions uh, of a SKU uh, and they're actually on different pages, try your absolute best to kill and consolidate as many of those page one and page two results through site colon yourdomain.com using those keywords, which is just going to show you what Google thinks is currently ranking and important on your site in order. Get rid of as many as you possibly can and 301 them to a single page, a single URL to rule them all for each one of those keywords. I might come back on that one in a minute. So, uh, but that's that's a, that's a great tip. Okay, Dominica, any uh, any suggestions for everybody? Oh, um, I think I'll be probably uh, agreeing with Kevin here. In yeah, our, I thought you might. Yeah, <laughs> content, content yeah, person. Well, yeah. My main battle with clients is trying to explain that they should not be scared of word counts, and uh, uh, it's it's not the case that less is, is more. Uh, in fact, that most of what I do is convince clients that. Uh, putting more copy on product pages, putting copy on category pages uh, is actually a good thing, uh, which seems to be an uphill battle. It's, it's funny that it's an uphill battle. I mean, like maybe just people like product fees and things like that, but mm -hmm. it does seem odd that people are not prepared to put content on a on a, on a product page. But mm -hmm. le let me let me take you back then, Aaron, and, and, and point at you first, but the others jump in by all means. Um, let's say that you're selling diodes. Uh, you know, you're just selling loads and loads of versions of uh, of of resistors, things, electronic components. They're all the same. They're all, you know, you've got a thousand different types of, of, uh, of resistor with different resistances, a thousand different, um, you know, uh, I don't know, valves or, or whatever it may be. So, um, so clearly you want, uh, you, you want to rank for valves and your, your, your strategy is to try and focus everybody into those, those valves. But clearly each SK, each SKU, I would guess, has to have to have a different URL at checkout. Um, so um, for the for, for the product card. So does that mean that you've got a real problem? And I guess Dominica is saying same here that you start to put content in, and you start to. Well, you mentioned cannibalization, uh, Aaron, but you know 
if you try and sit there and say that every one of these, you know, twenty cent things is is unique and 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 individually in its own right, you're going to end up writing the same content in the same place. We're just saying don't do that, but ultimately they're all different products. So how do you how do you reconcile those two points, Aaron? I deal primarily with with clients that have limited SKU sets, right. early to mid uh, D2C brands, rather than what you're describing sounds more of almost like a, a wholesale B2B issue where you have a, a just yeah, maybe. A, yeah. yeah, wide variety. But I, I think of something like, like shampoo, if you sell uh, hair products. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I, I often push people to do is begin by separating informational, educational, content-related queries from your product pages themselves. Because it's going to be a lot easier to rank quickly and drive more traffic organically to something that's content, educational, information-related. Not necessarily to a product page. This is where the blog content can really be incredibly helpful. Um, And then be very disciplined with your use of collections to product pages because collection pages are also a lot easier to rank inside Shopify than the individual product pages themselves. And as you get further down the funnel, you just, you really, you end up having to pay for the SEM Mm -hmm. to get somebody to a specific product niche query related search. Um, So you've just got to bite the bullet further down the funnel, which if it's brand related or very product specific to something that you sell is absolutely worth it. And Mm. and the ROAS, the return on ad spend for Google shopping, um, even smart shopping campaigns, right? Those sort of things are are so much higher that they're absolutely worth investing into. But to think of it in these like larger buckets of informational um, content related, information related, okay, so that's what we've got to serve up. And then to collection pages and making sure I'm really disciplined about as soon as something comes out of stock or something gets removed from the catalog, uh, to be redirecting that page or finding widgets where you can build different variants of SKUs into one product page itself. Okay. Okay. Dominique, any other thoughts on that? I can see well, Kevin, his <laughs> hand up there. No, kind of. Um, my background is, is probably the opposite of Aaron's. I've, I've started working in SEO, working for a, a slightly dodgy category of uh, weight loss, um, <laughs> sexual dysfunction, medicine, things like this. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually cut my teeth uh, on digital marketing, uh, writing content for uh, for products which are very hard to run for and very hard to to write in a way that would differentiate products that, like you said, um, mm-hmm. have effectively very little <laughs> differences between them. So I would still say that a skill of a, of a good SEO also, is also in being able to come up with original content, even if you're mm-hmm. describing 15 types of 15, 15, 15 different types of chimneys. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I still think it can be done. Uh, although it obviously requires a lot more effort. But is that, is that I mean, is, is, is the case I've thrown out there, which maybe I should move on from because it's a, a bit of an edge case, but it, it possibly not an edge case. So, is it, I mean, it, uh, Kevin or, or Donamika, is that, is that a, good, uh, a good time when you start using categories and, uh, and trying to get all your optimization at, at the category level? Kevin, do you want to come in mm-hmm. at all? Yeah, sure. I think it's, I, I think it's um, a problem that I've seen a couple of times. And I think the, uh, to take a step back, I want to be very careful 
calling out specific merchants because we we want to be and stay objective as Shopify. Uh, but one example that I keep coming back to is carmats.co.uk, which is a merchant who sells car mats for cars, right? It's a, it's a, it's a very quote unquote dry um, mm. product. They are, they're making over a million ARR now and um, their store is really well optimized. They're dealing with a very similar or pro probably the same case that you described, Dixon, which is that you have a lot of products that are very similar and how in the hell, how in the world do you create uh, you know, interesting, sexy content for each of those car mats, right? It's really yeah, difficult. Yeah. Uh, I think the key is in bringing it back to the problem case that people deal with. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's very little differentiation between car mats and all the different models, um, but cars are somewhat different and there are different problem cases that different cars might bring with them. You know, uh, I'm not a, a car mat expert, but uh, I would wonder, is there, are, are some of them harder to clean than others? Are they all the same? Uh, do some of them have specific um, size requirements and, and so on and so on. So uh, I would, I would, I would go back to kind of the, the, the problem and think about, okay, what is, what, what are people caring about when they buy a car mat? Is it all just price? Is it durability? Mm -hmm. Is it something else? And then see if you can tie that back to the specific product category that people, what the product categories that you have on your site. I do uh, agree okay. that a lot happens on the category level when you, when you deal with such a set of uh, products. Um, and uh, creating content is a challenge, uh, but I think there are, you can be a bit creative in finding the angle um, of uh, content creation and uh, the problems that you want to cover in all these product pages. Okay, great. Uh, so I, I want to jump in next to to something that's a little bit um, topical, which probably you know, if you if you're on the podcast sort of two years later, I, I do apologize for this, but just this week, um, uh, Google decided to. Um, Change, uh, change the way it displays all its results and all its title tags. Well, I, you know, well, I'm not quite sure what's happened. Maybe someone can tell me and clarify what's happened. But Aaron looks like he's bound to be happy to clarify what's happened on Google. Go on. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Oh. I, I, I know just enough to know what to monitor. Uh, yeah, okay. so yeah. yeah that, that's the kind of thing of like my understanding. And I think the place, what got me excited about this was uh, my understanding is that Google's essentially testing different variations on mobile versus desktop and different search result pages for search. So, so the, base, the base, basic thing the, that's happening is they're changing the title tag. They're changing so not the, the title tag that appears yeah. in the yeah. search result pages. Yeah. Um, but my understanding is they're only changing that based on the words that already exist on the page. Okay. That, that they're not inventing or cre they're not creating new words out of it. And what they're doing is like, for example, when you do, you do like a blog post, you've got your, okay, what's your H1, the, the title that's yep. on the page? What's the the proper title, the SEO title, the meta title information? And if those two don't match, because often you'll have a longer headline or a longer product description or something, like versus compared to like the SEO version of it inside Shopify, that's what you get, your little SEO box and you get to enter. Um, and okay, so what got me so excited about this is it highlights a another one of those, like if I had a second thing to do right now, it would be actually go and look at the code on your product pages. Because so many product pages, the way themes are, are built and the way like e-commerce operators, um, somebody that owns e-commerce, like isn't going into the code to see like, are there multiple H1s? How, uh, is the body copy is where the links are appearing and not in something like a navigation? Um, are there proper alt tags? Uh, and this is just highlighting the fact that it, the hierarchy of information, if you're using your H1, H2, H3, H4, your body copy, your um, 
alt description tags for images or descriptions, right? All of these things just got a lot more important because now Google's saying like, I'm just going to mix and match. Like it's not quite that bad, but it's not doing anything that isn't already on the page. And it's taking its signals from the way that's coded. And you can get huge lifts just by going into your pages and realizing like, oh, junk. We got this theme and the person we paid to build it, like coded everything just to look pretty and paid zero attention to, to what the actual, um, that the H's are inside yeah. of just the hierarchy. Yeah. And they put all the H tags are actually bold tags or something like that. You know? um, oh, yeah. All the time. <laughs> it's brutal, but it's also a really easy win to just start cleaning that up. It really is. Well, it is if you do coding, of course. You know, it's it's not easy if you're not a coder. So uh, life becomes really, really, really hard there. I mean, is is this affecting Shopify sites as uh, as much as, as as it seems to be affecting everyone else, Kevin? Have you have you got any feedback as to whether uh, uh, Shopify is uh, just just as prone to all of this as as everyone else seems to be on the web? I think so. It is very early to tell. Um, yeah. We're still looking at the data, and it will still take us a little while to look at all the data and get a good understanding. Um, the, the tricky thing is that there's no great way right now to get an exact, a good idea of how Google changes all the title in aggregate, right? Mm-hmm. You basically have to uh, look at the SERPs yourself or find a way to, to scrape the SERPs or take SERP screenshots. Uh, but it's not something that you can see in search console. So that makes it a bit fuzzy and tricky. Uh, so we don't have the yeah, data. And impossible to see at scale, yeah. That's, yeah, that's where the problem is. At scale. I think we'll, we'll probably develop, somebody will come up with a tool if Google yeah. keeps that up, right? Which is another question. Will that stay live or will Google roll it back? A lot of, a lot of, factors still up in the air um i think someone will probably you know uh find a way to to tell you if google has changed your your uh title uh so far it's it's, it's tricky to tell the thing is that in e-commerce i think one of the the benefits that, that e-commerce sites in general have is that they're generally relative they're very templatized right you have product pages category pages home page maybe some blog pages uh and especially product and category pages it tends to be a lot of congru- uh, um uh, um uh, same titles with H tags, internal linking is a bit more streamlined, right? I think SaaS sites might have a harder time or other publishers will probably have a much harder time uh, with all of this going on. So uh, I think that's a, a benefit that any e-commerce site has to a degree. But it's tough to tell. Uh, it's, it's very early, and uh, I think we I think we need to better understand what moves the needle. H tags or H one seems to seem to have a big impact. Um, but I'm also very curious about backlinks. You know, what if the New York Times links with just the brand as an anchor to one of your product pages? What will the impact of that be? Um, so it's still very fuzzy. I, I, I had a uh, I was on a call. Um, uh, last on, on Friday, and uh, and and it was some uh, the pharmaceutical industry have some real problems in the UK at least because um, you can't just change words. Every single word of a pharmaceutical website in the UK uh, has to go through uh, um, legal, and uh, and to have uh, a machine then twist it and change it is uh, is really panicking them a little bit. So uh, you know, it's clearly clearly got a way to go for it before it uh, goes out there. Dominique, I want to talk about um, optimization, conversion optimization. How you get somebody from that initial you know uh, on, onto the site you know what kind of words do you use to try and get people down that funnel what techniques do you use at shopify and your con- content um creation to uh to get people from browse mode to buy mode oh 
That is a big one, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, I'll just throw the big questions in, right, you know, with, without any of those. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how you so, say, yeah, any, uh, any, you know. Gosh, oh, no, so I, I normally try to, so starting from kind of what's closest to the checkout experience, so we'll start with from the product page. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so you work backwards. So you're basically you you okay. will start optimizing or optimizing your commercial funnel by going backwards from the funnel. So somebody's Thank at the the, uh, the conversion page. page and and kind of treat it on its own merits, uh, forgetting about the rest of the website. And we we kind of start tweaking from there, doing ID ID testing and seeing what works. And mostly, it's it's I, from my experiments, it seems like copy is is basically key here. Uh, so we, uh, me, we, uh, I try to rewrite copy uh, until I find that it acts as a shopping assistant would in a store, answering all the questions uh, and acting like this, uh, you know, virtual in-person store assistant. Cool. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then moving back from that, so 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 before somebody's clicked on the category uh, on the product page you assume that they then click on the category page to get to there and you then will look at the category page sort of after you've looked at all the individual product pages um category and the traditional kind of content pages so blog uh, the blog, website yeah. that I've, uh, i fix or i design uh, the blog section is uh, i find extremely important i kind of try to probably focus on that blog content and then drive links straight from the blog content onto the product pages that I want to okay. like, kind of key for, for for the particular shop. That That's my strategy. Aaron, got any ad, ads on that? That's just a really good, I mean, number one, that principle of optimize closest to the money. I think that's how Pep Lejar puts it. And, and I love that that's what you lead with. I mean, it just makes all the sense in the world. And it's counterintuitive to when you go inside and you're looking at something like, where's all the traffic going? Okay, let's start there. That's what the most people are seeing. And so it's counterintuitive, but it's so incredibly helpful to optimize closest to the money. Um, and I love anybody that talks about the importance of blogging for e-commerce because it's so overlooked. It's, it's so underutilized compared to let's run paid traffic directly to product or collection pages or landing pages. Yeah. But that little hat tip there to linking directly to the pages through the blog posts there's something that google just loves about <laughs> body copy anchor text that's like that's you know when you've got a really disciplined interlinking strategy with your heaviest hitter most um most linked to from external sources pages um and then it's in the body copy like all literally on on our homepage on common thread collective's homepage i've I've hidden links to make them look just like regular body copy. And the only reason they exist there is just because I know we have the most links going to our homepage no. and I want to put it in body copy. I don't actually want anybody to click it. I want Google to read that and just pass that link juice along. Yeah, okay. So can I just pick you up on that? So, so let me check, check what you're saying. Are you saying, right, check the anchor text of the link that's coming in and make sure that's in the body copy um, going off to a product page. Was that, was that the, uh, the, the, the black hat trick I've just learned? Black hat. No, no. <laughs> no, the, 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 the cool trick I've just learned. Sorry. That's not at all black hat. No. So that, that, that was, that was it specifically. Was that, would you say that's it or? Is it a trick? I think is it. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's kind of trick. I mean, as in tip, Natalie, as in say. tip. You know that that's that's a nugget of something really. You know that I, I that I think you know if anybody goes away from the, the podcast, uh, you know that was even quite a uh, you know knew quite a lot about SEO. That that as a methodology um, sounds to me if it if it's uh, if you find it effective, Aaron, is something that uh, you know people can really use. <laughs> 
It's so, yeah, it's so dumb. Uh, Kevin, Kevin, I was on Kevin's podcast a while ago and we did this little experiment with this article I was trying to get to rank on e-commerce trends, right? Super competitive. I'm fighting it out with Shopify. I'm, I'm fighting it out. I'm not winning. But anyway, <laughs> Kevin actually helped me before he went to Shopify on this idea. Uh, and one of the tips I got from a guy named Jacob McMillan uh, after Kevin and I kind of chopped it up was he was like, you're linking to this page from a bunch of other pages, but you're linking to the exact title of the article and you're doing it at the bottom of the article in a list get rid of that simply use the phrase e-commerce trends and put it into these 10 articles right just the literal phrase e-commerce trends make it incredibly clear to google that this is the page on our site that's about x Uh, and it was goofy how well that worked just straight up goofy so it's like if i'm selling uh vintage baseball glove wallets right I want to have a product page that's probably a collection page that's just for that. And then every link I send to that collections page uses that phrase. And then I'm going to use my products for like, this is the trifold. And if I'm going to link to that trifold to get trifold to rank, I'm going to use the word trifold in body copy anchor text. Specific. Kevin, any thoughts on that? Any Anything to add or in the... Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more uh, with, with both of you, um, Dominica and, and Aaron. I think internal linking is... Well, internal links is one of the things that over the last couple of years I noticed have just gained a lot more power, whether it was back at Atlassian, uh, at G2, where it worked, or now at Shopify. Um, it's just an incredible, powerful tool to send signals to Google. Uh, and investing in streamlining your internal linking and optimizing it, I think, goes a very long way. In the same hand, I think even John Mueller, uh, Mueller recently confirmed that, um, confirmed, but you know, agreed that creating content, say, on a blog, and then helping people to, to, to get faster to product pages by placing internal links can be very helpful for SEO, right? Uh, we always have to be careful with that because we SEOs tend to, to go to extremes. But the it's definitely, uh, I agree with you very much, Aaron, here. I think it's, it's, it's very worth to create editorial content and create a bridge between your product pages and carrier pages and that editorial content. Um, I do agree that homepage links still matter greatly, especially in the body content. Uh, I think it, it matters even if they are in the footer on the homepage versus on the um, in the body uh, content. I tested that multiple times and it's it's a noticeable difference. Um, but then you also have to ask yourself, what is the internal link for? It's on one hand to, to be a strong signal to Google to understand the relevance better, maybe the authority, uh, but also help with crawling, right? And so if you deal with a very, very large uh, shop, uh, then it, I think it goes at like a recently, actually, uh, I had a, um, a session with a huge Shopify, uh, store, huge. And, uh, one of the biggest levers that we found for them was to just like link more to products that are buried further down in paginations. Um, and that in itself made a, made a huge difference for the traffic to these uh, product pages. So can I just clarify for, for, um, there, are you saying that the stronger links are the ones in the body text or the footer from your test? Um, yes, um, I, I, I think I would, I would sign that, uh, that statement any day. So yeah, no, so, so, so they're stronger in the body text. Yeah, sorry, is, is what you're saying, yeah? They're stronger in the body text, yeah. they're weaker yeah, yeah, in the footer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the footer, Which I think I kind the footer of assume, links but I still might make sense. With it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, just, I just wanted to make sure that we didn't get the footer is still very valuable. Brilliant. One of the things that uh, that you know, you know, we're here with Majestic, and they're putting us on. So one of the things that's really powerful about Majestic is that although it doesn't um, map the internal links 
clearly for you because you've got other tools that can do that. You've got screaming frogs and, and things like that. They can they can do that. But what it does do is it passes its flow metrics through internal links. So it gives you a really good idea to see, look at the the trust flow and citation flow of the uh, of the individual pages to see how much power you've passed through with your internal links, which is a, a really useful thing. And also it's got the topical linking as well. So if you've got you know things in the health category and things in the uh, in the in science category. Then you know they've got sort of they've broken each uh, each page down into sort of eight hundred topics or something like that. So uh, so using flow metrics at a page level can be really really powerful for seeing the overall effect of generically all of that internal linking that you've been doing. If you've been getting it wrong, your trust flow and citation flow, which are proxies for page rank, you know, uh, are going to be going to the wrong to the wrong location, really. So it's a useful thing to see um, without having to look at every individual link. But since we're talking about you know links and ba- let's 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 talk about backlinks um, because uh, when I've been at conferences um, and uh, and not being a Shopify person on a stage and somebody asked me about I've got an e-commerce site, how do I get people to deep link to my products? Um, from other websites. I'm not talking about internal linking, but, you know, um, it's a challenge, isn't it? Um, you know, have you got any thoughts or ideas or strategies that you, you would recommend to a customer if you don't do it yourself? Or, um, you know, how do you get people to deep link directly to a product? Anyone want to jump in with an idea? Yeah, create a product that is so unique that people are going to want to talk about this. <laughs> Not a bad idea, and I think that's a really good suggestion. I, th- I think I think that, I think a unique product always wins. Absolutely, yeah. if you're the only one that's selling a, I don't you know, know I, I do find that yeah, I I wouldn't that wouldn't be my strategy trying to get the links directly to the products. It, it's very unusual. I think Amazon, if you check Amazon internal link, uh, backlinks structure, uh, most of their products obviously won't have any links coming into them. Uh, right. Okay. I, I think it'd be a, a tricky strategy to try to get links directly to the product, which is why I think uh, content marketing within e-commerce sites is that important because it's much easier to. It's basically a link magnet, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, of course, it is. But if you do get that link directly into the page, or a few links directly into it, I would imagine that page is going to rank pretty well in, in organic search because it's yeah. because it's so hard to do. Um, and uh, and and I wonder, I wonder if a, a good image can 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 do it. So you know, you can sit there and put out a, a you've got a, a really cool image, and people effectively are linking through to the page because of the image on the page, um, rather than perhaps because of the product. So, not so much because of the drink that's in the hand, but the clothes that the person is wearing behind the image. You know, um, is that is that is that a bad strategy? Is that a good strategy? Is that you know too off the wall for the for the, for the show? Um, does anybody have a good experience on doing this? I I've got an answer. I don't know if it's the one no one's oh. like okay. scared of. <laughs> you go buy them. That is the only way I, yeah, I'm just going to say it out loud. That's the only way I know to do link building at scale is find uh, two to three agencies that, that do link building, not PR, mm. craft a contract where they get paid by link, by domain authority and follow. Plus they're going to have like a mix of no follow links that they'll include there and you just like this is what people do. They get links placed. Um, 
Please, don't, please don't value it on I, domain authority. Do it on page level, you know. Trust flow, citation flow. If you've got to use Moz, use page authority, you know. <laughs> but build it so that you're paying for, you deliver X, we pay you Y. It's All to right. these, we're, we're aligned on what the main pages are. And we just monitor for results. I, I haven't seen any other way to do it than just so, like okay, so that's cool. So, so you you are directly contravening Nick Garnett's comment, uh, uh, quote of, of of John Muller's of build build good sites, build good content, and and links will come. <laughs> Some will, they will not come at scale. <laughs> okay, Kevin, yeah, want to add good, anything I, in there? Build build good content. It, it, it's it's tough. I, I think to add a bit more color to the conversation, there are areas or maybe industries in which it is easier to build, to drive links with great content. There are others where it's really hard, right? There's also products that are just very sexy to link to and other products are not easy to link to at all, right? Uh, so I think, I think some sites have become very creative in the past of creating fun products, gimmicky products that drive some links. Uh, and some have created infographics, images, and all that kind of stuff. I think one way to drive good links is to just have, quote unquote, influencers talk about the product and uh, promote the product, uh, even if it's on uh, social media or somewhere else. Um, but uh, I think that kind of word of mouth uh, or that organic buzz can uh, can motivate a lot of bloggers, journals, or other people to 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 write about that product. Right? Uh, it all comes back to again some products just being easier to link to uh, or more appealing, and others are just like not that appealing. And I want to I want to point out also that this makes a difference in how Google looks at the importance of links. Right? So if you, for example, if your product is a uh, yeah, now I've got to think about something. Maybe car mats is a good example, right? It's, it's just not something that most people would link to. And all of a sudden, you, you drive 100 links from some marketing blogs. I'm not sure if that really moves the needle, right? On the other hand, if you're competing in, say, the the uh, uh, maybe the marketing space, but also like an e-commerce, maybe the candle space or something that's that products that are sold very often that might have a, uh, um, a stronger appeal and a stronger or larger audience, maybe that's easier to build links to. And, and maybe that's where links matter more. So I think we have to differentiate between the product and the category. Okay, uh, so Dom, uh, uh, David, we've, uh, we've, I, I saw a, a, a big question coming in there. Uh, so let's have a quick, quick look and, and talk it through, uh, and make this a uh, something we can we can all pour over. Uh, so Rebecca Tardy, uh, many of our pages have been discovered. Uh, so she's got a, uh, um, a Christmas tree site, Shopify. Many of the pages have been discovered by Google, but not in, not indexed. Um, so that in itself is uh, is something to uh, to question. She's saying it's because uh, there's no referring URL. Uh, our SEO expert has put internal links to the product pages, including our navigation menu and sidebar as a last resort, but they're still not being indexed and still say no referring page on Google Search Console. Okay, I'm going to guess at a canonical question, a canonical issue here. I, 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 I but, but I, it's going to be very difficult without looking individually, Rebecca. But I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put out there something to check. Would be make sure that there isn't a canonicalized version of your page which is indexed, which is exactly the same content, uh, and maybe you're adding a dub 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 on the on the uh, on the on the front end, or you're you've got a different variation of it, and actually the pages may well be indexed. 
but not the version that not the URL structure you think, and maybe it's a, a canonicalized version. I don't know. Has anyone got any other tips that might be the the, the cause of uh, of Rebecca's problem? Basically, she's got a lot of pages in in the index, uh, supposedly indexed in Google. Uh, uh, but not crawled, it would seem. No, no, uh, that's seen in Google, but not crawled. So any other thoughts that, that might be causing that? Yeah, I mean, I'd be curious to find out inside Google Search Console, uh, what what is the result when you do an in spec page? Is it saying URL unknown to Google, right? Or Or is it actually indexed, which means, okay, it spotted it, and it's just a matter of... Because that's that's a different issue, and if it's like a, a low trust score, uh, and I'm not 100% familiar with trust score versus like page authority or domain authority kind of thing. Yeah, call, call it page authority. It's, it's yeah, and as long as it's not a technical issue and Google's actually crawling it, because it'll give you that search console notification and insights of like page unknown to Google. Um, you can request it to be indexed. I do that with like 10 to 15 batches at a time, just to double check. And then my last like attempt, th this is uh, even further down than the, what was that thing about putting it into our, our last resort sidebar. When I started at Common Thread Collective, we had like a crap ton of pages on our site for like blogs and the YouTube and the, like all these things that were super duper thin. And I wanted to redirect a bunch of them, but I wanted to make sure they were crawled first before I started redirecting them. So I literally built a fake sitemap where I exported the entire list of URLs uh, into a page and, and I just published it onto Shopify. And it was just a, it was just literally links to every single page I could discover. I put mm -hmm. a link to what I called the sitemap. It wasn't, I just called it that sitemap. Uh, and even wrote something cheeky at the top of it, like sitemap. But actually, this is just so Google crawls every page on our website so I can redirect them. And then it was just this list. of. Um, but that worked. And we had like uh, about a month where that was up. Everything eventually got crawled. And then when we did the redirects, um, it had identified it and then also done you know the redirect juice to, to make mm -hmm. sure it saved whatever bit of energy it had in it. That would be like my last resort one is uh, it's ugly, but it didn't matter. We're just trying to get it to grab every yeah. single one of them. Yeah, I, I I would guess that 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 you know Nick Nick made some point of what does you know what does discover by Google mean? I guess it means that you know you've told Google somehow that this URL exists, um, but Google can't find any evidence for it. They can't see a link to it. Um, and my suspicion is is well check that it really does exist. You know, is it is it the actual URL is a different version of the URL than than the original one that you think? And it could be you know. HTTPS versus HTTP. That's quite a common one. So you've so at some point you've gone over to HTTPS. You're putting up HTTP versions of into uh, into Google Search Console on sitemaps or on things. Uh, and uh, Google Google knows that you don't really care about those, so it's not going to crawl them. Even if it did crawl them, it would immediately get uh, redirected anyway. So it can't crawl the non the non um, HTTPS version the http version that uh, so i my suspicion is that even if google did crawl that page it would get redirected before it, it indexed the content so therefore that's why it doesn't do it yeah that's, redirect that. um is a good place to check for no index in the if you do right click inspect uh, or view pay, view uh, yeah. source code right you can see right at the top is it is it getting it a um no index Right? Is it 301ing? Is it canonical to another page, or is it no index? And I work for a, I will not mention the name, very large organization that accidentally deployed uh, an entire do not index for a giant blog. Uh, yeah. And we didn't notice it till all of a sudden, like a day or two later, it was just that something got deployed and literally every page on the blog had been unindexed. 
And it was just a matter of, oh, roll that back, take it off, it has <laughs> yeah. to change. Wait right. for it back in. Yeah, yeah, but just by inspecting, you can you can load it, yeah. look for those three things. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully there's a few ideas there, Rebecca. Um, well, I, I, I just want to finish up. We're nearly already at time. So uh, I wanted to jump in uh, and ask about themes, um, Shopify themes. Uh, not something I'm particularly, um, you know, uh, but, but, you know, if, if it's the same as WordPress themes, there's good ones and bad ones. So, you know, what do you, what do you like in a, in a Shopify theme to, to make your job easier? I mean, Domin- Dominica, any, any, uh, anything that you like? It could be, you know, colors, speed. Um, you know, the ability to edit the category page, you know, what, what sort of things are important for you in a Shopify theme? See, that's the thing. That's the, when I first started working with uh, Shopify, the, the thing that I found most frustrating in how limiting it was, and then <laughs> only then I discovered that it's it's not the Shopify's limiting, it's, it's, it's a theme that you're working with. So since then, I've, I've selected a couple uh, that I work with, which I find that I can make the customizations that I want. And then once I hand the site over to the client, they can easily make the same customizations without having to call me. So there are two teams uh, that I mainly work with, and I'm in no way affiliated with them, uh, but they both are from out of the sandbox. One is Turbo, and the other one is the new one, Flex. Turbo, uh, was that? Turbo, yeah. Turbo, Turbo. Oh, Turbo. Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah. And, uh, turbo, and what was the other one? Flex. Next. Uh, okay. Yeah. These are, so I mean, these, these are the kind would... of things people take out and they need to get them right. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. That's, that's really useful. Um, uh, Kevin, any thoughts on, 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 on themes? Yeah, sure. It is, it, it, it plays a role what theme you, you pick. Um, and, and Shopify that is, is very clear to us and very known. And that's why we actually just released a new theme called Dawn. Um, it's, Super fast, actually, it renders five times faster than most other themes. How, uh, how do you has spell much Dawn? less code. Dawn, D A W N. Okay. That's a German accent, me. Uh, Dawn. Um, and uh, the, the coolest thing is that we fixed some canonical issues that we were uh, noticing before with some collection pages and so on. So, uh, a lot of good stuff in that. Um, generally, there are many good themes, don't get me wrong. And we open our um, theme store again for theme. Uh, submissions. So I think we'll see a lot more themes again in the future. Um, a lot of creative developers who create amazing themes. Generally, you want it to be fast. You want it to be, I mean, the, the way that it looks doesn't matter as much as that it's not too stuffed, too bloated from a code perspective, uh, and that the functionality is kept relatively minimal, right? It also matters how many apps you install and what kind of apps. So that can also add to uh, slower uh, speed or slow running times. But when it comes to just the theme itself, I think Dawn is a good recommendation and uh, there are many other great ones out there. Again, it's similar to uh, to the merchants themselves who want to be uh, as objective as possible um, also when it comes to themes. But there are some great ones like Minimal, Narrative, Brooklyn, uh, and I'm probably forgetting hundreds of others i'm sure you are yeah and i didn't mean to jump people in there to to but it's great it's great for people to hear the uh you know themes that you like because it gives people a good you know something they can grab on and uh and and uh look at um aaron what are, what do are you think about um the good and the bad of themes no theme preferences i will i will take both of their much more well-educated words uh, on this point okay. i did like way what Kevin was mentioning about the apps that you use, because that's typically where bloat and 
speed and Google gets mad and especially as core vitals become more and more important um, cumulative layout shift like these technical side of things where you've just got to really be careful and always be weighing that trade-off of adding another app for page speed as well as how Google renders the page and looks at the page I mean even little things like you know uh, interactive uh, header bars right Google got super duper mad at us and it failed every single page on our site at common thread collective failed every single page because we had a cookie bar that was popping up at the bottom by like a two second delay uh, and it was being like oh this ruins everything all the cumulative layout shift is completely garbage uh, we just had to it was a little tiny thing and we, we just had to like figure out what's the trade-off and how do we find something that doesn't do that Okay, so apps are, are more of a problem than the theme for, for from your perspective. Experience, anyway. I think Aaron. so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, guys, we've already hit the time, and uh, and and that was that, that was I learned a lot. So um, that that that's that's great. Um, if anybody wants to uh, to um, uh, be uh, avail themselves of the of your services, Dominica, how do they find you? Um, no. What's, well, what's the uh, company and what's your uh, Twitter profile? The company in my, my web design agency is called Speedbird Media. Uh, but I'm also hanging out on Instagram. I'm Dominica Tracy on Instagram. Uh, so I'm always available there. Thanks very much. Aaron, how would people get hold of you? At Aaron Orndorf on Twitter. Google, I'm not kidding. This yeah, is my question. Some, some of them can't see on the screen here. So <laughs> Orndorf, I'll just, just spell that. Oh, no, right. no, no, no. <laughs> just, just Google. Who is the most handsome man in Oregon? I kid you not, Oregon. Go Google that. You'll find me. Follow me on Twitter. There you go. I was going to make comments about all all men in Oregon then, you know, but I won't. Excellent. Kevin, how do they find you? I suspect they just go to Shopify. No, you can get you on Kevin Indig at Twitter as well. Yes, sir. Yep. At Kevin Indig or kevin-indig.com. I write a weekly blog, a newsletter. Um, but uh, yeah, you should you should find me on the internet. Otherwise, I'm doing a bad job. And uh, no, I, I would agree. You're quite easy to find as long as you can spell Indig correctly, which is I N D I G, guys. In Orendorf, by the way, is O R E N D O R F F. So maybe you're better off with the most handsome guy in Oregon. That's probably the way to go, isn't it? Guys, thank you ever so much, uh, David. Um, what's coming up in the uh, next episode? Sure. The next episode is going to be uh, on October the 6th at 5 p.m. UK time. That episode is going to be on SEO on the edge. So if you operate a big enterprise site and you're struggling to do things like make mass changes of titles, meta descriptions, maybe adding schema to your site, you absolutely need to be tuning into that one. We're going to have Nick Wilsden, Chris Green and Bastian Grimm on for that one. And if you want to sign up for that one, go to majestic.com slash webinars. Brilliant. Guys. Thank you ever so much for coming again. Uh, it's, I really do appreciate the time you take up and uh, and, and and the value you give, uh, and so do our audience. So it just leaves for me to say thank you very much. See you soon. Thanks for having me. Thank Bye, you. guys.